When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. podcast everyone my name is michael pivia as always joined by me is going to be rashad mcginnis welcome back rashad uh dustin adams is here as well guys it has been a week a week of nothing but rumors more articles on the blue stable website guys make sure you're checking out the articles Uh, a couple of ones to shout out by one of our writers ian kidney he is giving us a background on new new assistant linebacker coach cattle june former colt super bowl champion cattle june and Josh Perez, his free agent wish list. Make sure you go check out those articles in the description below. Their link is going to be in the description as well as all of ours uh, in the description below. Thank you again. Destin, Rashad, how are you guys doing, man? I mean, it's, it's good to be here with all y'all. Uh, I, I need to comment. It. What, what, what did you say Kato June's name is? Kato June? Kato? Kato? No chance. It is Kato. Kato. Where are you been? Kato. Well, I mean, I, yeah, the famous Mr. Uh, Coach Athletic, June, athletic reporter Tim Cato. Okay. Coach Coach June, if you're listening to this, I apologize for this man's behavior. Um, 100% Cato June. Welcome to Indianapolis. We'll get more into that, but super happy to be back. Uh, just wish Michael would know how to pronounce guys' names. Well, Dude, what do you expect from Michael? It's Michael. I mean, you know. My name literally got pronounced as Terrazas in front of Frank Reich. Okay, I'm sure he still tells people about you. You, you left does. a longing. You, you you left a longing impression on him. I'm sure he probably does. Man, I'm happy to be back, man. It felt like ages since I recorded. It was just one week, but it felt like. How's the Hollywood to... life, Rashad? Going was... going to Mobile, going to the Super Bowl. I was trying breaking, to avoid breaking this news on Twitter. Like I was, tr- I was trying to avoid this conversation. I didn't want to have it. That's why I wasn't here last week. But I actually been back. 
but nah, man, wearing, life wearing is good. Wearing a polo man. hat backwards, man. Oh, man's Hollywood. Got out the here, beats bro. on, man. Relax. Bro, bro, Let's everybody Hollywood. just everybody just settle down, settle down. We got his new apartment today. in a penthouse in New Orleans. Like, <laughs> ha! I wish, <laughs> I wish I had a new. I need a new apartment. Goddamn, selling. Go ahead, before I get pissed. <laughs> hey man, I'm telling you, I wish I could have been there for you like four months ago. But guys, I gotta show the... you the latest update. I'm dying to see this. Okay, <laughs> again, guys, we are the official uh, Colts podcast of Fansided. Shout out Fansided. All right. Uh... <laughs> Guys, there are new updates, and this is going to be an exciting show. We're going to talk about coaching staff updates. We're also going to talk about our own free agents that we are going to put in some tiers. You know, who do we want back? Who should we let walk? Are there other circumstances that we would let or want guys back under some circumstances? So we'll wait to be seen. But we're going to start off with these coaching uh, staff hires. Guys, first, Cato June. Destin, I'll let you start this off since you wanted to stand up for the man. Oh, because he followed us on the Blue Stable Twitter. So uh, <laughs> so start us off, man. Cato June, back in Indy, starting his coaching career. Not starting. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's good to have a guy like Cato June back, Cato June, uh, back in the locker room, back as a coaching assistant um, for the linebackers. Um, I think he's a guy that is known just for the intensity and the aggression um, that you're going to like. Um, I mean, we got a very promising linebacker room. So if we wanted to go and get a young guy just to kind of be a voice in there with him, um, I think the linebacker room makes a lot of sense um, with a little bit of an older linebacker coach in Richard Smith. I believe he's like 66, 65 in that realm. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he uh, wanted to hang it up in the next couple of years. So maybe Cato June gets a little bit of a chance later on to be the linebacker coach down the road. Who knows? But it is good to have a former Colt back in the in the horseshoe as a coach for sure. Um, it's always cool to see him on the sidelines. Ha, ha, ha. I have my mic muted. I'm sorry. Uh, excited about Kato June, man. I'm excited. But like um, I've heard numerous people say he was Darius Leonard kind of before Darius Leonard. You know, he was a playmaking linebacker, real active guy, uh, played really well in coverage, played well against the run, had a great, uh, I believe it was four-year run here. He was outstanding in coverage. Like I said earlier, I believe he had five interceptions one season as a linebacker. I think you'll be able to show Bobby Okariki, well, Okereke, I'm sorry, since we're pronouncing last names right today on this episode. Uh, Bobby Okereke can learn a lot from this guy. Darius Leonard, I believe, is going to be even more active. And plus, I think the system that Gus Bradley is going to put in is going to allow Darius to do a lot of different things, things that he may not be accustomed to doing. But stepping outside of your comfort zone is always good. I think that'll do better to broaden his skill set and highlight some things that he really does well that he haven't had a chance to show yet. I like it. Cato June back in Indy. The next one is actually a pretty interesting one. Former Pittsburgh great Mike Mitchell back in Indy. The last time he played in the NFL was 2018 with the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, they were having those injury bugs with Malik Hooker, but he was here, got helped orchestrate you know the playoff run that we had all when we lost in the second round to Kansas City but Mike Mitchell is getting his coaching career started and I really like it it's a guy who's been here before he knows the organization 
knows Coach Reich, and he's a he's going to be a player's coach. He's fresh, fresh mind, fresh approach, a new approach. I'm curious to see what that's going to look like as an assistant. So, Rashad, I'm going to start with you. We're going to uh, do a little ping pong here. Mike Mitchell, how do you think? I love, I love to see it, man. Mike Mitchell, he was a guy that's pretty much had that role even as a player. He was looked at by his peers as a mentor. He was the veteran. He was the guy that, that taught them professionalism how to take care of your body. We have heard several guys come out and talk about the mentorship that he did. I remember Quincy Wilson spoke highly of him during his time. Uh, I know some of y'all don't like that name and probably didn't want to hear his name mentioned, but uh, Malik Hooker had a close relationship uh, with this guy. He's always been pretty much the assistant DB's coach, even as a player. So I think it's only natural that once this guy decided to hang up the cleats and take that next step into coaching, that he start pretty much where he left off as a player. Quincy, I don't want to cover grass Wilson on the podcast today, making an appearance, but uh, I mean, Mike Mitchell, I mean, like you said, the end of his career here, we forgot to mention the defensive player of the week, Mike Mitchell that season Uh, I mean it was a fun season he was a guy that I hated watching when we played the Steelers all those years Um, I don't know if you guys remember he he used to light T.Y. up man like he I remember two hits where I just thought they were the dirtiest things ever just lighting T.Y. up and then he came he comes to Indy and I think he may have became one of my favorite players to watch that year just all over the field just a ton of fun to watch a guy who just laid it all out there and had, had a really good season. He ended up not getting brought back. He was a little bit of older. Um, like Rashad said, we had multiple of the guys um, on this DB room just speak about him. Rocky Asin had a lot of good things to say about him that year. And the cool thing is a lot of those guys are still here. Kenny Moore is still here. Rock's still here. Um, and it, you know, there's other vets probably going to get brought in, but just having that other voice there as well um, as the new DB coach with just another guy who's – on the older realm of things. I think he's even older than Richard Smith. If I had to guess, um, he's been around the league forever. Um, so having another young guy, just kind of being able to get mentored by that level of a coach is just going to be great for him and possibly great for the Colts down the line. Who knows? The Colts now, I mean, the, this, the news actually just broke like 20 minutes before we, before we uh, started recording this new defensive line coach, Nate Ollie. Nate Ali, Ball State product. If you look him up, you're probably going to find a picture that maybe you might think he you probably think he got hired, just got hired at Best Buy, because that's literally what what, what he looks like to me. Um, Very, very young coach. I honestly I don't know how old he is. He is pretty young. I would have to guess maybe like between 29, 32 years old, spent time at Eastern Kentucky as an assistant coach, spent time in Philadelphia, most recently with the Jets. Uh, as an assistant, this is going to be his first job as uh, it's his actual it's, it's his it's his own room. He is the defensive line coach. Um, I, I don't know too much about his coaching philosophy, his coaching approach. Uh, how much of a player's coach is he? Is he great at relationships? Is he great at developing? I, I don't know. I mean, he's been at Philadelphia They've got talent there. They had Brandon Graham, Fletcher Clock, Clocks, Cox. He they had uh Derek Barnett, they had Josh Sweat. They had these guys, but it's like if you're trying to develop this talent, you got some talent on the defensive line. 
your pass rush needs to be important kind of seems underwhelming, but almost a little bit, you know, confirms the reports that we've been hearing about, you know, striking out on previous guys that they wanted, not naming names, but I don't know why you don't pay the freaking man that just won. The- um, They just didn't do any of that. But Nate Ollie is in Indianapolis now. Destin, I'm going to start with you. Young guy getting into the room, probably like, what, a year or two older than DeForest Buckner. It's going to be a weird, uh, interesting approach, but of course we're all rooting for him. Definitely a younger guy, a guy who's getting his first stint um, as a defensive line coach in the NFL. I mean, he's, he's worked with some productive defensive lines. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, he's a guy that has worked with, he's a guy that coaches that he's worked with has even given him some high praise. Um, just to give a quote here from, Back then when he was the defensive line coach, his only other defensive line actual coaching position, not as an assistant, was at Eastern Kentucky University. Um, The head coach there, Mark Elber, had this to say um, about Ollie. He said, Coach Ollie is a very good technician who builds great relationships with players. He has tremendous energy and gets the defensive line playing physical and with an outstanding effort. Now, a few things stick out to me there. I think some of the areas that the Colts defensive line struggled this last year are in that quote. Um, I think we saw some really passive um, pass rush reps this past year. We didn't see that aggressiveness. We didn't see that effort, that energy. Um, Ollie apparently has that ability to do that, so I'm interested to see that for sure. Um, The good technician part, that usually translates to a guy that's able to help some guys with their pass rush moves. He's a former defensive lineman himself um, back when he was in college. Um, So, I mean, he knows knows the spot. Um, Not the the sexy hire we wanted. I mean, like, if we're going to be honest, like – I'm going to give, I'm willing to give him a chance. Younger guy. I'm never anti giving a guy the first chance at a job because it does work out sometimes. And it's a great bargain when you can get a great coach. If it's his first stint problem is does always work out. And I felt like this hire needed to be a home run. It did. And I mean, as Michael has reported on Twitter, as other people have reported on Twitter as well, um, the Colts seem to not be willing to match some contracts of the guys they wanted at the defensive line coach first. So was Nate Ollie their first choice? No, we know that. Um, this hire screams, not my first choice. But only time will tell if it's a good or bad hire. Like, I'm not a person that's going to be able to, like, grade. Like, I don't like doing grades on staff positions, especially before anything happens. Like, who am I to say it's a bad hire? I really don't know. I mean, it's not the guy I would have wanted. He wouldn't have made the top 10 of a list I would have made. Probably wouldn't have made the top 100. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> because I don't know if his name would have just came to my mind at all. I would have went through relationships. But, hey, he's from Ball State, Indiana Roots. Chirp, chirp, Ball State. If you're listening, uh, anybody from Ball State, we got an alumni on the staff. And, Maybe it'll work out. I have no idea. I mean, this is not the guy I would have hired for sure. Um, yeah, man, I'm not about to get up here and even pretend to know uh, anything about this guy. I'm not a know-it-all. I'm the first to admit when I need to go do some research and do some digging. Uh, I read background info, uh, saw a couple of quotes and everything, just like Dustin said. So um, 
how I feel about the hire, uh, I do think the coach swung and missed. Well, it's two people I know for sure that they they swung and missed on um, that I don't even know if I'm allowed to say. And maybe I'll tweet it out in the next in the week, next week or so if I get some confirmation from somebody that it's all right. But it's two people I know for sure that they swung and missed on that that were veteran coaches, coaches that have proven resumes and have accolades and have done things in the NFL, but they just couldn't close the deal for one reason or another. And as far as Nate Ali goes, um, it's not really much. I've seen the places he's been, has had decent production. I mean, I don't know how much to uh, credit him for that, you know, because it, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, and I'll use my brother, for example. You know, when he was the assistant D-line coach with the Chargers, you know, he, he never gets – he never got credited for Joey Bosa getting double-digit sacks, uh, Melvin Ingram getting double-digit sacks. So I can't really – say that those eight and a half sacks Brandon Graham had is attributed to Nate Ali. You know, I, I can't really do that. I don't know how much of an influence he had on those players, but from the background info that I did receive, they say that he's a technician and he specializes in technician. And if he's a young coach, maybe he's a type of coach that can relate to these players. You know, they, they should have a lot of similar interests, um, a, a lot of things in common. Maybe he's the guy that can connect because with an older staff like we had, um, I believe me, Dustin, and Mike said we wanted to see some new blood, some younger, some younger guys with coaching positions on the staff because you just need somebody that's relatable sometimes. And I don't know if defensive line was the position to do it, but that's looked like the direction we're headed in. And, and hopefully, man, he can come in and provide this defensive line with some energy. You know, that that's one thing it seems like this crew is missing just doesn't really have any juice, you know, nobody that's, that, that's firing him up. Brian Baker was a great guy, but he just, he just didn't give him that spark. And hopefully somebody young can with some fresh rejuvenation and some energy. And I know one thing, when you're young like that, you're going to work your ass off. I, I do know that. So. And he's, he's seeing when I mean, Twitter has already Colts, Twitter is already upset about it. There's already things being said, those kind of guys. I'm, I'm sure he has a Twitter somewhere. He's a younger guy. I could be wrong. There's some guys that stay off social media like that, but I mean, he's a younger guy. He's going to see all these people saying that he's a reach and that he's not a good hire. All these people um, that are going to point out that this was not the Colts first choice. And I'm sure he knows that. And that could drive him. It really could. It could. It could make this guy work harder, work with a fire, um, like Rashad saying. I mean, again, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I'm just trying to talk myself into. It. I'm trying to talk myself into it on the podcast for you guys. I am. I'm trying here, guys. I'm trying. And this is raw, like this is raw. Our reaction. It just happened 30 yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, so that's why we didn't have a chance to process it. Right. Um, this feels like. They struck out on 10 guys and just said, uh, not, not going to drop the F-bomb, but screw it. Give me 10 names and we'll just draw a name out the hat and call them and just, hey, you got the job. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, it. I, Come on now. We're, Give we're the not, man a little credit. I can't hey, man, hey I'm going to root for him when we go to training camp. I'm going to ask to speak to him. I'm going to, you know, try and get a quote when we get to training camp. Blue stable high, uh, high rolling into Anderson. Not Anderson. Uh, Yes, Anderson. What? Westfield. Westfield. There you go. No, Anderson University. That was like from like 2012. Um, Yeah, we're going to be doing that. But, hey, uh, all this does is just put 
even more of a need on signing a pass rusher in free agency. That's all it does for this. So, Destin, Hassan Reddick season. Hey, it should have been last year too, but it's, it's begun again. It's begun I, again. I, hey, I his, will not say that I don't want him ever. Do I think they go out and sign him now? I doubt it. I think last year made the most sense for a Ballard type contract because it would have been more, it would have been a cheaper deal than this year. But it would have been a one year, though. I mean, his agent did the right thing, making it a I mean, one year deal. He ended up taking the one year again. deal. He ended up doing the one year deal because I think his market didn't get where he wanted it last year. But I think his goal going into free agency was to get a multi deal, not mm-hmm. as the top paid guy, but as a first time pass rusher last year. I mean, he was just After trying the- to see what he could get. And it didn't yeah. end up there. He ended up taking a discount just to go to Carolina and play for his college coach in um, from Temple. So. We'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I would love him. I, I, I've been very open about Hassan Reddick, man. Last, yes. last year, he was my free agency crush. When I saw the report from Schefter saying he signed with the Panthers, I had to, I had to go through a few tubs of cookie dough and put the sweats on. Cookie dough, man. It was that was some real life depression right there. It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't my fondest moment, man. Hey, man, I, I will say, I think he got signed like two weeks into free agency, right? It took a while. It took, it a, took while. a while. So I, I can't imagine he would want to go back to Carolina. Matt Rule's receiving some heat, uh, maybe not being the coach that they envisioned him being, uh, obviously. I mean, he had, what, like very minimal success at Baylor. So, um, But other than that, guys, that's going to be the, you know, that's it for this segment for the coaches. Now, guys. We're getting into some interesting, interesting stuff. Okay. Now, real quick, I got a question for each of you guys. All right. As far as assistance for Nate Ollie, do you give Robert Mathis the call? I mean, I thought about it a lot. Even we, we talked about it a little bit before we started the show. I mean, they're, they're adding these former player assistants. Um, I, f- I feel like this is screaming that they want more relatability to the, to the players. Um, they, they have an older staff again with the DB coach, the linebacker coach, not the defensive line coach now. Uh, um, but they have, they have an older staff for the most part. So, I mean, these players being attached to them makes a lot of sense to just have that more relatability to the players. Robert Mathis was here for a little while already he'd be older than the defensive line coach already. I mean, I would love to see Mathis get another shot um, in the NFL. If that's something he wants, I know he runs his own like pass rushing camp. So, I mean, he may be enjoying doing that himself and just kind of grooming players that way. I know he works with multiple young, young Colts. Um, so if I had to guess, no, he, he does not end up doing it. Rashad. I just don't know how well he would receive, you know, working under a guy that he's younger. I mean, he's older than, pardon me. Um, and we know he has his own personal relationship with, with these guys, uh, defensive linemen. So I think he kind of feel like these guys can come to him on, on their own and, and, and they don't have to work through a coach's capacity. You know, they have personal relationships. So it probably feel like it's unnecessary for me to actually go there in an official capacity when I pretty much work with these guys and talk to these guys whenever I want to. So as long as he already has pretty much unlimited access to these guys and, and, and can get in their ear and share his knowledge and, and give them information as he's seeing it from the sideline, I think he probably we probably won't be interested in being an assistant 
not right now, at least. Yeah, not not right now. He's on his way to go into the Hall of Fame very soon. Uh, I I almost find it almost a little bit professionally disrespectful to put him as an assistant under Nate Ollie just because of who he is. He's going to be coming back to where his career was made. Just seems a little bit. Nah, don't don't even try it. But real quick, the wide receiver coach position is still yet to be filled. Again, this is another one where you're just left scratching your head. It doesn't seem like this is a position that's in high demand at all. Uh, I, I mean, we sat here last time and talked about possible uh, candidates. You know, I threw out a couple of names that aren't realistic. Threw out one that I really thought made a lot of sense, Brian Hartline. But I think if the Colts aren't open to, you know, getting aggressive to get a guy like Brian Hartline, I just see him staying at Ohio State. Pretty sure he's probably going to get more money to get an extension, more money anyway. Use the Colts as leverage. But Destin, any names that you would probably like to see or maybe heard or anything like that when it comes to this wide receiver position? Because, man, we need it. I mean, I think my favorite under the – radar guy was Brian Hartline that you brought up originally on the podcast. Um, and I have known a lot about him as a coach. And I feel like the only thing that could kind of get him away from Ohio state, like you're saying, he's probably going to get paid more there. The only thing that could get him is if he just really wants to make the jump to the NFL and wants to take that next jump. Now it'd be a risky room to make your first job in the NFL. The, the this is not going to be the receiving room when the opening day next year starts. Um, I, I just don't believe it. They're, they're going to draft a guy. If I had to guess, Ballard's drafted a receiver every single season. So he's going to draft a guy. Um, he's drafted a guy every single season. Um, I think a free agent's going to get brought in as well. We'll see how many of these guys they let walk. We'll kind of talk about that in a second. I just, I don't find this job very attractive if I was a coach. I just don't know if I would want to come be the receiver, which is why we saw Mike Grow make a lateral move to the Giants leaving this role because I just don't think it was a good spot. Now, they could fix that. They could go get some guys in that in the receiver room to improve it, but I feel like we're going to see a very similar situation to the Nathan Ollie situation where we end up hiring a guy who isn't going to be the sexy hire, maybe giving the guy his first shot that we, we see a lot of characteristics we like in him, but you're not going to poach a big-name receiver coach with this receiver room. You're just not. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, an uh, aspect of it that um, we're not even thinking about either is you don't even know who the quarterback is going to be here. You know, that's another thing to take into consideration, which could have been a reason grow love too. Once he saw the writing was on the wall with Carson Wentz, maybe he's like, well, let me just get out of this situation because this is about to get ugly, you know? So that something that, that don't get spoken about, you know, the quarter, the receivers that's in the receiving room is the most important, but right after that, who's getting these guys the ball. So until that situation get figured out on the offensive end, you can't expect any real offensive coaches to want to come in here. I mean, besides the offensive line coach with the offensive line that we have. But, you know, when you have a quarterback that's not going to be on the roster in, in a month, like you don't know what direction this team is going. And it, it's pretty chaotic right now behind those walls. And until we start to see some clarity and they put paint a proper vision for us to see, then I don't think anybody's going to be anybody with an established resume. You know, there's always going to be people that's going to want to jump at the opportunity to come coach in the NFL. It's a lot of people's dreams. So you'll always be able to land someone, but just not the one 
if you don't have a, a vision for what you're trying to accomplish. One name that I find interesting, and if honestly, I'm kind of convinced, not because of anything I've heard or this is just my assumption, my opinion, my thinking. I think they should go college. They, they should look at college to see who wants to fill this room because, of course, it'll probably be a promotion depending on what the money's going to be. Um, someone who wants to make the jump to the NFL. Another name that I kind of thought of was USC wide receiver coach uh, Kerry Colbert. He did coach Michael Pittman in his senior year. Um, he's coached Amonra St. Brown, who really took off for the Detroit Lions. He's coached Tyler Vons, who is on the Colts practice squad. He's developed some talent. Obviously, Drake Jackson coming out, uh, Drake London, sorry, Drake London coming out of USC for the draft this year. He's developed some really nice young players. Uh, I, I imagine he may have gotten a pretty good pay raise once Lincoln Riley uh, kept him on staff because he was one of the assistants that he wanted. I would, I would definitely give him a call, a guy who coming from maybe a blue blood program, you want to make the jump, got your former guy in Michael Pittman here. Do you want to come back and coach him? Uh, I, I would definitely give him the call. I like Kerry Cobra. Um, you know, I'm a diehard USC fan as all of you probably know by now. So I've actually had a chance to meet him, uh, I believe it was two times, once at the Pro Bowl in 2018. Ironically, the last NFL game that Andrew Luck played, cue the violins and cue all the sad You really have to go there. I know. Um, but, yeah, uh, great guy. Got a chance to talk to him. Uh, absolute outstanding knowledge of the game. And I, I never thought about him filling that role because I, I don't know, I'm not sure if he wants to coach in the NFL, but I know he was pretty, he was pretty good, pretty solid player in the NFL. Uh, I think played in Carolina for a couple of years. Uh, he's he's a, he's a great guy. I didn't think about that, Michael. You put that on my mind, and, and that's interesting. I'm I'm gonna try to reach out and text him, and, and hopefully I get a response. I haven't talked to him in a really long time though, so we'll so, see. so so if that hire happens, it was all Rashad, everybody. Rashad yes. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. I don't even get any credit for giving I mean, me the are idea. You, are you texting him? Right. No, no, not that. Just for the fact that I brought him up on the show. I mean, you get the if assist, it, I if guess. It, if it yeah, was makes you feel better. If it wasn't my idea. Rashad wouldn't have gotten the idea to text him. That's a good pass. All right, I kinda, I, it's a good pass. You put the ball, you put the ball right here. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, I guess you could say, not, not necessarily use common sense, but if if these rumors, I don't really think they're rumors, but if these stories that are you know surfacing a little bit true about these assistants and everything, I would say just go look at college, go look at guys hey, who are trying I, I to got make, it, guys. Make jump. So, I got it, guys. I uh -oh. got the receiver coach. Here we go. That's gonna win the Colts the Super Bowl. This uh -oh. this hire is gonna do it. Okay, Chester Rogers. The Colts are gonna hire James Jones, former Green Bay Packer receiver and analyst, to be the receiver coach. You know who James Jones is really close friends with? Who Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show claimed to be his favorite person in the sports media. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, James uh. Jones, one of his close friends. You know who James Jones played with in Green Bay in the same receiver room? Brett Favre? Mr. Devontae Adams. Mr. Devontae Adams, soon to be free agent, Devontae Adams. Soon to be franchise do, tag. Do I Devontae know if James Adams. Jones could coach a receiver room? No freaking clue. 
Do I care? No. <laughs> that's that. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, everybody, for the Super J- Bowl next year. You're welcome. J- J- James Jones, yes. Let's get a guy who we have no idea knows how to coach the position. Definitely played at a high level. Want to give him respect there. Um, Michael, I would hire you at the receiver coach if it meant I had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams next year. Boy, let's go. Come on. You don't even need to give me six figures. Give me 90000 a year. Boy, my I'll, son I'll... my son is four months old. If they, if they want him to coach the receiver room next year for free because they don't have enough money to pay the receiver coach after they get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I'll do it. Bro, bro, I, I, all I know, you already put it in my head. Colts, call me right now. You, you, you just pay me 90000 90000 no incentive, no, not even a signing bonus, nothing. You don't even have to – I won't even – whatever the case may be. Just pay me that right there, and I promise you, Michael Pittman is about to have a downgrade year, but I'll still be able to coach him. But the, the receivers are going to be tough. They're going to be physical. They're going to have great hand usage in the blocking. They're going to know how to high point the football in the air. That way you don't get out jumped by freaking Antoine Winfield 5'10 safety. So, Rashad, your thoughts on James Jones? Crickets. Crickets. That's what it is. Crickets. Rashad uh, has left the building, everybody. Uh, He's left the building. I think I blew his mind. I think I it was a mind-blown moment for Rashad. I think uh, he was like, oh, my gosh. Destin just prompted the receiver coach for the Indianapolis Colts this next season. He, oh my he found the guy. And I understand, Rashad. I understand being in all. Are y'all really going to let Dustin say this? Can Dustin right. just come up here and say anything? I guess so, dude. Like, Jesus. Rashad, 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 you're telling me right now. If James Jones becoming the receiver coach gets you Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you don't do it? Can I get that in writing? Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> I need that in writing. I need we'll that get, in writing. We can, we can we'll hire him. At, we can hire him after. We can wait. We'll, we'll give him a little slip that says, hey, you're the receiver coach. If. You're the receiver coach. If so, you hire the man. Direct deposit don't work like that. You You don't get the money yet. You hire the man. You make the announcement three weeks before the new league year starts. And if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, oh, we have released wide receiver coach James Jones. That's what I'm saying. That's why the contract doesn't go into effect until Aaron Rodgers is a Colt. Oh, my Jesus. Justin really thought this out, too. I'm telling you, he's thought, right you can tell he spent some time on this, man. You can I'm tell. Not gonna lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. The thought came to my head while we were talking about the receiver coach. I had never I, thought about it before, but then I just it, it just all clicked, and I won the Colts' Super Bowl. So congratulations, everybody. Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll just stick with Kerry Colbert. How, how about that? I think we'll just stick with him, <laughs> Brian Hartline. I think I think we'll just stick with those names. All right, guys, we got to get into our our own players that are still playing that can possibly come back to the Colts. We're going to talk about our free agents. That's right. It's time to talk about these sorry sons. The, the, we're talk about these guys. All right, guys, we're going to go and we're going to put them in some tiers. We're going to start by tier. Each guy is going to give their own. Uh, it's going to be, let me see here, guys. Look at me being unprepared, being so unprofessional, making y'all wait while y'all are sitting there watching, probably eating your Takis and eating your, drinking your, Orange Fanta Soda. Uh, we're going to put them into... What's up? Oh, you found it? I was, I was about to take over until you found what you Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For. We're going to have the tiers as 
let walk keep if meaning if something goes on we'll we'll keep them and then absolute keep all right so actually let's start with the absolute keep all right uh <laughs> we got we got a few names on here okay yeah we're yeah. gonna start one by one all right and the first name is gonna be eric fisher all right i am gonna start with rashad now i will say to start this off do not piss me off in the segment okay you, this is y'all you? you guys are the draft gurus y'all have been spending your time on draft stuff if i was to debate draft with you right now i would get creamed and smoked and thrown on the grill and cooked so i have been doing nothing but free agency colts all this stuff lately that's why i'm putting out articles like i did today go check it out okay taylor heineke season so guys rashad i want to start with you eric fisher do not piss me off well, I just want to start off by saying you're always going to get cooked by me if we're talking about draft stuff. Because that's, what I, that's what I do. So, okay, but seriously, moving on seriously. Eric Fisher um, is a keep if, okay? He's not a flat-out keep. He's not a just let walk. He's a keep if. Um, the if being, if it's a situation where you can't upgrade – because the offensive line, I, I'm I'm moving along on this train of thinking too. A lot of money is tied up into the offensive line. And due to the season that Fisher just had, he's not going to command much money on the open market, in my opinion. I know over the cap has him at three years, $16 million, uh per. Like, are you – yeah, no. He won't, he won't here's more than like a three-month. If Eric, if Eric Fisher's contract is that, his agent deserves an award. Yeah, we should hire him as a GM if that's the case. Absolutely. Does he want? Does he want to be the receiver coach? (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) that's his and his receiver coach is is going to hell. So okay, Eric Fisher. Um, I don't want to tie much money into it, so I'm not going. We're not going to go out there and sign a Teron Armstead. Uh, There's a debate right now about is Quentin Nelson worth the 20 million that he's about to receive. Uh, there's a lot of money tied in. I know Glowinski, another guy who's, you know, we're going to talk about. He is finally coming off the books. It's just not a reliable thing to go and spend more money at this left tackle position. So if you're not going to get a guy in the second round of the draft that's going to come in and start immediately, who knows if there's even a guy capable left on the draft board that's going to be able to start immediately, I think Eric Fisher will be back in that situation. And right now, hearing Ballard's last interview where he said he think Eric Fisher has a lot of good football left in him. However, he determines a lot. I don't know if that's one one more year, three more years. I don't know what the case may be. It's safe to say that I think he'll be back. And I think you keep him in a situation where you can't clearly upgrade. Now, if someone, a top one of your top tackles fall in the draft, and ends up landing to you in the second round, then, you know, you do what you got to do. You take that guy, and then you let Fisher go on about his business. But that's the scenario I keep him in. Yeah, I'm, I'm letting him walk. Um, for me, I would rather – I mean, I agree in the realm that I want to draft a tackle. I don't think going big money into Armstead, who I think is a very good tackle. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying a team that signs him is going to regret signing him to whatever contract he gets. He's a stud. Armstead, that is. 
I just don't think it makes sense for the Colts, who are about to put a lot of money into Quentin Nelson. Already have Ryan Kelly at the big money. Braden Smith just got paid to go big at left tackle like that. I think a rookie makes the most sense as well. I wouldn't be shocked if they try to find a way to do one of those cheap trade into the end of round one to get that fifth year option on a left tackle either. Um, just because history says trading into those 29 to 32 in that end of the draft area doesn't normally cost you a lot. So I think the rookie makes the most sense. And I would let Matt Pryor play if you don't think a rookie's ready. Um, over bringing Fisher back. Pryor's going to be here. Pryor proved that he was good enough, in my opinion. Bring bring him back. Let him run it. If, if you need a guy to play until the rookie's ready, um, I just don't think Eric Fisher needs to be back. I don't, I don't need to watch Aaron Rodgers get sacked like that. I would literally pay a realtor just to convince him to live somewhere else. Like, get the hell out of Indianapolis, dude. Like, I went back. You think he had a house? Dude. No chance. No, no dude. bought a house here. No, because I mean, if I was a realtor, I wouldn't even sell him a house, dude. Like, I know you're not going to be here long, so might as well just tell you, hey, just go down to the freaking apartment or hotel and just live there for four months. Uh, yeah, I'm letting him walk. It's not a keep it for anything. And I definitely get what uh what Rashad's saying. You know, the tackle market could swipe up, and who knows, this draft can go crazy on left tackles. You know, a couple second round projected guys could go late first. You you never know. So, uh, all I know. I'm letting him walk, and I am trading up and getting Trevor Penning in the draft because that dude is a freaking monster, and Penning and Nelson side-by-side is going to destroy the left side of defensive lines, and I'm going to be here all four, and I love the fact that uh, Destin did say that, uh, you know, could they possibly sneak into the first round depending on if something happens with Carson Wins, what kind of pick you get? Uh, could they get one of the tackles? Now, I'm not sure if Penning is even going to slide past 20 because that's just how talented he is. <laughs> but uh, he's easily my favorite tackle. My other realistic tackle is Rash- uh, uh, Rashid Walker from Penn State. Another one. We'll get into all draft talk, anything, but uh, later on. But Eric Fisher, yes, let walk. I'm not even doing a three month deal, a four month deal, a five month deal. No. Let walk. I've seen enough. Yada. Next up is going to be T.Y. Hilton, guys. Um, Not going to lie. I think we might be talking with our heart more than our head or maybe our head and our heart because it's, we've let it sink in. Uh, uh, I'll dang it, man. I hate to start it off like this, but I, I'll let him walk. I'll, I'll, I'll let him walk. Um, Well, actually, no. Keep if. Keep if. I'll change it to keep if. Okay, keep it. This is the heart. This is the heart, Michael. You just, we, we just said. He, uh, I, I don't. <sighs> Never mind. I'm letting him walk. I'm letting him walk. I, I the the money he could he he could demand. We all remember last year he wanted a certain amount. Ballard didn't want to do it. Jim Irsay intervened and and gave him that contract. Missed quite a few games. Not productive whatsoever. Did not help Michael Pittman whatsoever. Um. Just it, you, you just saw a lot of problems with them. You know, the speed wasn't there. The separation wasn't there. The route running wasn't there. It's not the same production wise. I'll say just just let them walk. We can talk about leadership. We can talk about being a, an important voice. But he's a guy you expect to be your number two, number three. And he just didn't perform that way in 2021. So I will start it off by saying let him walk. So, so I'll keep if he wants to be the receiver coach. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm going to change let walk to let retire. Um, I, T.Y. needs to 
T.Y. just needs to do what's best for this man. First and foremost, I don't want to see this man in a different uniform. So maybe it's just a selfish thing. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it makes sense to let him uh, come back and be a cult in this receiver room next year. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let him retire. I just spit my damn apple juice out. <laughs> This Damn. man said, "Let retire." I don't think that was an option. I don't think that was one of the three. Oh, we oh. Oh, we didn't say four. Oh, might be. <laughs> no, no, it was, just, it was just three. Oh my god! Um, I told him I I gave him keep if for one. Uh, I'm gonna say we should definitely keep letting him walk right. <laughs> Out of the door. Uh, no disrespect. I love T.Y., man. T.Y. is a, a historic coat. You know, he's one of the best wide receivers to ever put on put on a horseshoe, man. I have tremendous respect for that, man. It The things he did for that city of Indianapolis, I'm sure Dustin could tell you all about it. You know, that guy was a model teammate, was a role model for all of the youth in Indianapolis. And he was the one guy that, that, that stayed. You know, when everybody left, he stayed. He remained. He watched people come and go, but he was the constant. But it's clear that his best days are, are gone. T.Y., you know, his, the best thing about T.Y. game, he, he, he always created separation. He never was a crisp route runner or anything like that, but he was so unorthodox. And, and the way he uses his speed in and out of his breaks, you know, it's gone, man. Like, it's just gone. Everything's tough for him nowadays. Everything's contested nowadays. And he's not that type of receiver at all. So once we saw his, him lose a step, it was pretty obvious that this was always going to be the drop-off for him. Um, much respect to that man. He's had a great career. Uh, he should be in the ring of honor one day as, as a cold. Uh, absolutely legendary guy. I, I wouldn't do they like retire to see him in 13. Do they retire 13? No, Absol- no. absolutely not. I don't nah. think they do either. Now, nah. but I, but I'm pretty. If he brought uh, a Super Bowl, maybe, but okay, nah. that's, I mean, it's a receiver. How many receivers bring a Super Bowl? But uh, Super Cup brought LA a Super Bowl. I mean, he was there. The year, <laughs> I mean, he was there the year before, but, and I wonder who was added this year. We don't got to talk about it. But it that four, three years before. Yeah, I was about but, to say, wasn't it three or four? Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I love Ty, but I, I'm pretty strict when it comes to the retired jersey thing. Um, and I also think if a good enough player comes along and they want to wear a certain jersey, I don't give a crap. Um, that's just who I am. Hint, hint. Um, I mean, I'm just saying, like there are people. Have said that if Aaron Rodgers were to Colt this year, that he uh, if he wanted the number twelve, they wouldn't let him wear it. That's ridiculous. Now the next thing that's going to come out of my mouth is going to be ridiculous as well. If if Aaron Rodgers came into town, walked in those doors with his luscious locks, don't do it. Don't do it. I know what you're about to say. Do not, Dustin. Don't do it. Don't. You know what? You know what, Destin? I'll be a Colt. Don't do it. If I can wear that eighteen. You know what I'm doing? Do you know what I'm doing? I'm going to the back. I'm I'm hitting the press. 
I'm pressing that 18 Whoa. with Rodgers on the jersey, Whoa. and I'm handing it Whoa. to him, and, I, and then I'm calling Peyton Whoa. Manning. Whoa. Calling Peyton. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Peyton, you know all that time you spend in Denver, and then I hang up on him, and then he'll find out opening day when Aaron Rodgers walks out in the 18. That's what I would do if Aaron Rodgers asked for the 18, and I said it. <laughs> so you mean to tell me Jim Irsay is going to call Peyton Manning and say, you remember that time in Denver? Hang up, and then Peyton Manning's gonna call him back. You remember that time you gave up on me and pushed said, me out the door to I go said draft me. another quarterback? I said I would do this. Jim no, doesn't have to do no, it. I'm not no, gonna make Jim no, do that. No, no. no. I, I, I'm gonna say this right now. If Jim Jim Ursay allows Aaron Rodgers to wear number 18, there's gonna be a riot in Indianapolis. 12, I can give you 12. He can have. He can have. But so you're telling Peyton me right now. Manning, you're telling who me right built now. Built Indianapolis. It made Peyton Manning, who built Lucas Oil, brought a Super Bowl, made Indianapolis relevant for a decade. You make number retirements are like I understand them. I think it's very cool. I do think no one should wear 18 to an extent. But you're telling me if Aaron Rodgers walks in that door and says, "I'll be your quarterback this year," but I have to wear 18, you're telling him to turn around and walk out the door. Liar! You are a liar if you say that. Damn it, you know me well, but at the same time, you're just <laughs> you're like I'm conflicted. Do, do you really <laughs> want a quarterback though that's so much of a like a diva? Yeah. He's only gonna be your quarterback if he gets 18. Like I'll say, I'll say this. I'll say this. Did you watch How I Met Your Mother, Rashad? Dustin, you don't know my mother. Stop talking about my mother. Okay, my bad. <laughs> my bad. My so so the show, so the show How I Met Your Mother, Barney talks about a crazy hot scale for women. If they're this crazy, they have to be this hot for a woman. For me, with a quarterback, if you're going to be this crazy or this emotional or this delicious, you need to be this. Ta- <laughs> you, you need to be this talented. That's the is all and, and, man. And if, yeah, and, and but... for me, Aaron Rodgers, would I classify him, classify him in the divalicious category? A hundred thousand percent. Is that man talented enough for me to deal with it? A hundred percent, seven days a week, 365 but, but, days but, a year. Okay, so Destin, we're, 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 we're going to get back to our free agents. Guys, trust me on this, but we need to address this blasphemous shit coming Dustin out of this. wants his wide receiver coach okay. to be delicious. So, so, just saying. <laughs> so you mean to tell me. I, I literally lost my. Th- I just lost my. Thought. Come on, man. We got to get back on time. We, we got it. Okay, yeah. We're we're gonna get back to it. Uh, this man literally said, "Okay, uh, delicious." Wow. I literally just lost my thought. Uh, That's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is delicious. I'm gonna tweet that. Delicious. Oh, okay. All right, guys. Next up is. Oh gonna- boy. Next up is going to be Mark Glowinski, the right guard of the Colts for the last four years, four years. All right. He came to the Colts in 2018, really kind of came out of nowhere, uh, was a depth piece at first. Obviously, the injuries happened. He stepped in. And that's also the year Braden Smith decided he decided to play right tackle. So after 2018, received another contract from the Colts, three years, 18 million dollars. I'm going to say put him under keep if and i'm gonna say sorry excuse me sorry if you heard that uh keep if you don't retain chris reed i'll say that keep if you don't chris reed and also if he probably doesn't happen to retire or anything like that keep if you don't resign chris reed because i think well I'll, i'll get to those uh in a minute but in my evaluation of 2021 
on the offensive line. You know, Braden Smith missed some games. He fell off on the last two games of the year, got his behind kicked by Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, got beat by Smoot, Dwayne Smoot in Jacksonville, got beat by Josh Allen, just got manhandled. Quentin Nelson dealt with injuries, took a little bit of a step back in play. Ryan Kelly, uh, before, you know, we're not going to get into it. I don't wish that on anybody. He, he did struggle a little bit, you know, against Seattle, L.A., struggled a little bit, kind of got back. Um, and once he came back from what, what he went through, I'll, I'll take that out, out of the evaluation. I don't expect anybody to play through that. And then when you look at left tackle, you know, that was a, Eric Fisher, Julian Davenport started week one. Mark Glowinski, I thought, was the more consistent uh, better offensive lineman a, as a whole body of work out of everybody in 2021. I, I think, you know, like Rashad said, and I've been, you know, consistent on it the last couple of weeks. I think you need to move some pieces around on the offensive line after Q's contract hits. You're going to have almost 45% of your cap in the offensive line. You're not winning a Super Bowl like that. That's just not. Dallas has never won it. Philadelphia won it before they handed out some extensions. It's not a recipe for Super Bowls. It's not. You don't need $30 million lined up into center and left guard. They're not the decision makers in a Super Bowl. Um, so Mark Glowinski, I'll definitely keep if we don't retain Chris Reed. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm a... go ahead. Well, I mean, <laughs> Hi, Dustin. Go, Dustin. All right, Dustin. Go, yes, Dustin. The second time was on, the second time was definitely on purpose, but I'll just go ahead and get it done with real quick. I mean, personally, um, I think I would go in the keep if as well. Um, I and but my keep if is going to be more unrealistic if he's willing to take non-starting right guard money. Um, if Glowinski's just wanting to stick around, end his career in Indy, uh, where he kind of had a little bit of a resurgence um, in his career. I 100% would allow him. He had a really good steady year last year, but I think Chris Reed played well enough and is going to be at a more retainable rate that I would keep Chris Reed over him. And I think Chris Reed will be back. I do. Um, so the Glowinski thing, I mean, if he's willing to take non-starter right guard money, I mean, we still have that rotation going on and having that depth at the spot. I'm all for it, but that's, that's a big if for me. Um, I'm going to let him walk. Uh, I love what he did. Uh, he was the Iron Man of the offensive line. He was the one that showed up every week, um, gave a pretty consistent performance. And I remember it was a couple of years ago when everybody was screaming that we replaced Lewinsky. He was the weak link on the offensive line. And he really has elevated his play over the last couple of years. And he's, he ended up being a rock-solid piece for us, you know. But I would definitely let him walk due to the emergence of Chris Reed. And even if we was to somehow mysteriously lose Chris Reed, Matt Pryor, I think, would be an awesome guard as well. You know, he's a guy that can slide right into the guard spot. You like him as, as just six offensive linemen. That way he can play either tackle, he can play either guard. And his, his versatility is what makes him such a big asset it's, and is why Chris Ballard went out and traded for him. But, you know, if we was to lose Lewinsky or Chris Reed, you can easily slide Matt Pryor in at, at guard. And he would be perfectly fine. You find another guy somewhere to be your swing tackle. Um, maybe we use Michael's best friend, Julian Davenport. Or maybe we call Michael's other best friend on three-way, Sam Tevy. And one of those guys can be your swing tackle to replace Matt Pryor once you start him at guard. I'm definitely going to take a swing at him, all right, with a freaking <laughs> bottle of vodka. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, that, that No, uh-uh. Uh, 
Yeah, no, uh-uh. I yeah, no. And, and I will say, well, now I, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into Matt Pryor here here in a little bit. Well, actually, let's talk about Matt Pryor now. Uh, walk, keep if keep. I'm keeping him all the way. I'm signing him multi-year mm-hmm. uh, contract because I feel like this is another situation with Joe Haig. You know, you 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 lost him to Tampa Bay. He didn't even get a starting job, but you lost some of that depth. I think this time you don't make that mistake again, sign him to a multi-year deal and then let, let it ride out. Let free agency ride out, let draft ride out, whatever happens, happens at left tackle, right guard, whatever happens. And at worst, he's your number six guy who can play off four out of five spots on, on the offensive line. Hill, maybe he can even play center. Who knows? I've never seen him. He didn't do it at TCU. He played uh, left tackle right tackle at uh tcu so uh i'm keeping him all the way multi-year money uh and i would even consider him uh for the starter at left tackle i'm gonna keep if michael will not bring up that he's a horn frog every single time he does anything on the field um but i can't I mean, do I, it man I can't I'll, do I'll, it. i'd keep matt Pryor all the way um i i thought he went out and showed that he had a lot of talent. Um, I think his biggest con is that he gets beat around the edge sometimes, um, for sure, just because of how big of a guy he is. If you put him at guard, I think that fixes that almost entirely. Um, He's a hard guy to move because he's massive, and trying to go straight through him I think will be a struggle for most guys. So I think Matt Pryor should stay a very flexible kind of guy and can be a spot starter for you for sure. Um, He's an absolute keep for me. Um, No – attachments on it uh i just spoke about him basically when i when we was talking about glowinski uh i gave my reasons why i would keep matt Pryor. so that's just going to be a quick keep for me for sure there you go matt Pryor did start a few games at right tackle when Braden smith had the foot injury and he did have a really good game week seven against eric armstead got a couple of reps in against nick bosa definitely did i don't know what destin's talking about getting over here getting beat off the edge he didn't get beat he cl- put the handcuffs on them dudes in san francisco <laughs> over here disrespecting my guy what's wrong with you um anyways guys that we're gonna keep Matt Pryor all the way next is up next up is gonna be Xavier Rhodes a guy that Destin wasn't too high on uh coming into the year Rashad and I were definitely <laughs> definitely uh giving him a chance 2021 I mean he, he it, it was up and down he had a couple of, of really good games but more so on the downhill more than the uphill uh Obviously, the hamstring came back to bite him. That was hurting him a little bit in Minnesota. I'm all the way let walk. 31 years old, hamstring issues. I don't see his career lasting any longer at the cornerback position. Easy for me, let walk. Yeah, I'm going to let him walk as well. Uh, You don't want to see a guy fall completely off a cliff before you decide to get rid of him. And I don't think that was him this past season. I don't think he fell off a cliff. He was injured. You know, he he did have some bad reps. But for the most part, he was pretty solid. He just wasn't the guy he was the year before in his first year in Indianapolis. And that was obvious to see. And when you get to this age and you start experiencing these injuries, these are the type of things that linger. Your body doesn't recover. You lose a step. And, and these things you can't afford at that cornerback position. And then with the emergence of, of Rockison and Isaiah Rogers, it makes it kind of easier for you to take this kind of hit. You know, you just let you just cut your losses. You let him walk, and, and you try to find a, a depth corner or, or a number one corner in free agency, so that way you you kind of replace that 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 experience that you left that you lost when Xavier Rose walked out. 
Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm letting him walk his way out of Indy for sure. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to count this as like a I told you so kind of moment because I just think the writing was on the wall. Like, I really don't think this is something that like Destin Adams just looked at and saw that no one else saw. Like, I, that, that's not what this was. It was just <laughs> you look at last year and it was going to be near impossible for someone his age and this kind of system to replicate that season. It was going to be near impossible. And that for me, that was the reason last year that I thought I would have let someone else pay him. It didn't happen. He didn't get that contract. I, I, that sucked for him because I felt like I was really hoping he would get that one more big, massive contract somewhere just to help him out. Massive is a little overstatement, but getting somebody to pay him that money and it didn't happen for him. I'd let him walk. I think there's another guy that can come in and be that vet that can play the outside or inside at times. And a guy like Casey Hayward that we'll talk about this off season that has connections to the defensive new defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley. So we'll see what happens, but I think they'll get a vet to come in the room and kind of replace what Xavier Rhodes brings mentally. And I think it'll be an upgrade on the field. Let's go with a few quick ones here real quick. Uh, as we're going down the list, guys, Zaire Franklin, George Odom, Taylor Stallworth, Zaire Franklin, I'm keeping all the way important voice in the locker room, special teams ace. Um, and, and he was a captain captain. Keep George Odom. Keep if you can't find upgrades at depth safety uh, and Taylor Stallworth, let walk. I, I'd say keep all three. I'll, I'll be honest. I think Zaire Franklin earned a spot to be in this linebacker room. Um, I think George Odom, even small doses of being able to play the safety position, has done it well. For some reason, we were playing a dude with a mullet um, over him this last year that I'm not even going to say his name. I'd get him a chance. And I think Stallworth is a really great rotational defensive tackle to have in the interior for you. Um, it just doesn't lead to starting reps, but he doesn't have to do that here. So I, I would bring all three back as rotational pieces. Taylor uh, Stallworth had uh... – Awesome season. If, if you look at the amount of quarterback hits and amount of pressures that he got with the snaps that he was presented, he played really, really well. He had like a, a four-week stretch that was incredible. Yeah, he, he he really did. Like, as being the best pass rusher on this team through in that four-week stretch, you know. So, um, anytime you could get that type of production out of a guy coming from the inside, it's not even an edge guy, you know, you have to consider bringing him back, and it's not going to cost you cost you a lot. Um, as far as Aaron Franklin, you bring him back. It's not going to another guy who's not going to cost you a lot. It's a leader in the locker room, a leader for your special teams unit, and a guy that that can come in and play linebacker for you in a pinch whenever you need him to. Um, he's a definitely keep for me. And George Odom is going to be a keep if, and partially is because the if is if you plan to use him more. If you don't plan to use him more, then let him walk. Let him go test his – see his value in free agency. Maybe he links on with another team that actually believes in him and it's actually going to give him snaps on the defensive side of the ball and not just use him as a special teams guy. Because we've seen Judge Odom come in in bad situations and play well. He had a solid stretch this season where he played well. And even when he was playing well, the coach was looking for a ton of reasons to not play the guy still. They still was 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 giving Sandejo and – Jaleel, a day, I don't understand what it is with George Odom. I don't know. Maybe it's a, a locker room thing. It's a playbook thing. It's a, it's a coverage. Um, I know some guys in some situations, and, and I don't want to start a room, and I'm just going to say this quick so we can move on. I know there's guys that we see produce on the field 
that doesn't play for their teammates. They produce, they make productive plays, but they're doing the wrong assignments. They're not doing what they're asked to do. Um, I know Trey Boston is the guy that's like that, which is why he's always in free agency every year. And people's wondering how, because he always has a lot of interceptions. He's always productive, but it's because he doesn't play for his teammates. You know, he, he takes risks. He goes where he's not supposed to be. And sometimes that works, but sometimes you also blow a cover and give up touchdowns. I don't know if that's a thing with Judge Odom. I, I don't see that when I look at the film. So I'm just wondering why the coach refused to use him. And maybe it's the Eberflus thing. We'll see this year with Gus Bradley. Hopefully he's, he, he comes back and, and Gus is able to find a solid, consistent role for this guy. Ah, yes. The Eber fluke days are over. That there you Eber go. fluke. Ah, that's a good one, Mike. That's a good one. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah. You've been working next on your material. <laughs> All right. Right. Uh, next up is going to be Zach Pascal. I will keep if he is the wide receiver number four. I'll keep him if he's num- number four. Again, I mean, he was playing the number two role at times, number three, just not productive. So I'll keep him if. He is the number four. It's me doing a gritty. He can gritty on out of the locker room. He gritty <laughs> on out of Indianapolis, baby. <laughs> hey, Zach, I love you, baby. Nah, I'm, I'm just messing. Uh, I I just think this coach, this this locker room needs, it needs more explosiveness, man. I just think the wide receiver room needs more explosiveness. And if we keep, if we, if we just steady keep people and keep people, how are we going to add to this wide receiver room? Somebody's gonna. We have to sacrifice something. I know he's a number Keep one. Nine receivers. Keep nine. <laughs> Keep nine receivers. Keep nine. Keep nine receivers. And we gotta have enough room for my man Ashton Doolin, Mike. Who, hey, who Mike hey has Ashton Doolin is going to make the team. He's special See, teams ace. The, Gunner. I'm really. I'm going to be honest. If, if I would, if I had to pick what the most shocking storyline from this past year for the Colts is, it's that Michael has come around Ashton Doolin, but I mean, my, my Pascal moment is quick. It mine's a keep if, keep if Doolin's not back. I think it's a one or the other for me. Um, both good run blockers. I think Doolin offers you more as a receiver, to be honest, long-term. I think I saw more from Doolin in short doses separation-wise than I saw from Zach Pascal all year. Both good run blockers. Doolin's a better special teams unit guy. Bring me Doolin back. Let Pascal walk is what I would do. But if Doolin leaves, I'd bring Pascal back. Based on athleticism, I think Doolin gets better separation than Zach Pascal. And I think if you get a solid coach in here that can develop him a little bit more, I'm excited to see it. You know, we saw some really good things from Ashton Doolin this season. So oh, you I'm, haven't heard we have James Jones coming. You, you haven't gotten the news. So I say all I heard was you need someone to help. And James Jones is Mr. Help. That that doesn't sound like news. That sound that doesn't sound like news. That sounds like. Well, let, let me not say that during the time that we're sounds delicious. <laughs> it sounds delicious. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Next up is gonna be everybody wanted to fight me on this for three years, and I came out on top. Mo Alley Cox. Me personally, I say just walk. I would rather sign a tight end. So I would sign two tight ends. You know, f- find me a couple receiving guys. I could see the argument of, you know, he's a solid blocker, but can't catch a a damn piece of leather for some reason. Um, So other than that, I mean, he doesn't use his body well uh, in in routes. He doesn't do any of that well other than blocking. So I would let him walk easily 
Uh, I'm not going to get into a bidding war. I'm not even going to fight really... with his agent. So. <laughs> bidding war? <laughs> You're telling me you think Moali Cox is going to have a bidding war this offseason? Hey, like... hey, I will say that I am in this fan base because I'm a Mavericks fan. The Dallas Mav- the Dallas Cowboys fan base is actually a fan of Moali Cox. Well, here's really? the thing. I'm keeping yeah. Molly Cox. He's not going to cost much. He's an in-house product that you want to keep going with. Really good blocker, and I think Doyle is going to retire when Ty hangs it up this offseason as well. And I think it's more of lose. a failure than a pro- you product. You cannot, you cannot lose your two best run blocking tight ends in a room with Kylan Granson being your only guy left. You just can't. Like, that does not add up or make sense longevity wise. Should he be re- tight end one next year? No, they're going to bring somebody else in, but you keep Mo Ali Cox. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on to keep Mo Ali Cox and I'm only keeping him off the fact of what Dustin just said. Jack Doyle walks out that door. I want us to spin on a, a tight end, a receiving threat tight end, a, a Mike Shiseki type of guy, OJ Howard type of guy. You know, I want a receiving threat. So with that, I can't just go into the next season with a receiving threat. Um, and Kylan Granson and but hey, an undersized receiving threat. Kylan Granson's a small tight end. I like him, but he's small. Exactly. I, so uh, I can't go into. I can't go into a season without a stud run blocking tight end without just deciding to, to do that. And then I go into the season tipping my hand with every formation that I decide to run because I'm putting my big blocking tight end in that can't receive the ball at all. So I have to keep more so, talk just for the threat of that alone. So again, go into free agency, sign two tight ends. Are we and- New England? We're going to sign two tight ends every no, year No, 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 no. Not those tight ends. And not even but use one. here's a guy who's I think is equally as good of a run blocker and can give you a little bit more of pass uh, of receiving because he was in Miami. Tua, Jacoby Brissett, didn't really get that much playing behind Gasicki. But my guy that I actually went to high school with, former Belton Tiger Durham Smythe, very cheap contract. Come in here and be a run blocker. You'll get more snaps, especially with these two tight end sets that Frank Reich likes to use. Come in here, my guy. Okay, you still got me on Snapchat still. Oh, I mean, I don't want to put it all out there, put my business out there on the street. But, uh, hey, Durham Smythe, coming to, uh, coming to Indy, and then we go get, hey, Rashad, Mike Gasicki or Dalton Schultz. Who, who's, who's next on the list? Who's next for us to talk about? <laughs> next, wait, okay. Oh, and no, we were we, we were just discussing uh Molly Cox. Okay. Oh, oh, I know who's next. I know who's next, Michael. It's 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 the don't, future don't. Chicago Bear, Al-Qadim Muhammad. Oh, uh, yes, Al-Qadim Muhammad. Muhammad who I think I'm gonna speak for everyone in here, and you guys can maybe change you for me if you for some reason shock me. But we're letting that man walk and we're gonna buy him his ticket to Chicago. Yes, yes, let walk, let walk. Hey, let, but good season. Bother. He had a he had a good season production wise. Don't get me wrong, but it was solid. good season. Was solid. Yeah, enjoy the Chicago Bears. Please enjoy. All right. Uh, anyway, moving on. We got two more guys here for you, and we're gonna go with some pretty interesting ones. Tyquan Lewis. Uh, man, it's been a roller coaster of a career. It, it's just been a roller coaster. Obviously, you know, had the blown out knee against Tennessee on such a freakish play. Got an interception. Just, I guess it just happens, man. I will keep if you don't find better depth upgrades. 
I'm fine with letting Taekwon Lewis walk, but if you can find me an Arden Key or a Samson Ibukam, guys like those, I'll take those over a Taekwon Lewis. But if you can't, I, I, I'll take Taekwon back. I, I guess. I mean, he he had a good year. He was playing good inside and out. Obviously, he's not going to do that next year, coming off the ACL. But it, I'll keep if you can't find upgrades on on the debt pieces. I would keep him, Dustin, unless you were going to say something. Oh, I would keep him. I, uh, his position versatility, like I spoke about with Matt Pryor uh, earlier, um, Taekwon provides you the same type of ability. You know, he allows you on early downs to line up outside and, and, and set the edge pretty well. And then on passing downs in, in a hybrid NASCAR package type of situation. He can move inside and, and give you production from both spots. He was doing that earlier this season. And like you say, one of the biggest plays of his career, um, where he d- dropped off in a coverage, which even flus like to do so often. Uh, he caught an interception and was running it back, was getting ready to take a 17-point lead. He blew his knee out, fumbles the ball. Tennessee gets it. A.J. Brown monster touchdown very next play swung the whole momentum of that game I was it was so unfortunate to see him go down like that when he was playing his best ball some of his best ball of his career I think you give him a one-year kind of proof you know prove you can stay healthy prove you're back from the injury but one thing about it the injury happened earlier in the season so I'm I think he'll be a hundred percent by the time you know uh the next season start by the time training camp roll around I think you'll see Taekwon out there running around Keep if he is outsnapped by Dio. If him coming back means he gets more snaps than Dio, which they're going to play very similar roles um, on this defense, then I let him walk. If Dio is above him on the depth chart in every single way and he outsnaps him in that position in that role and he's kind of coming in for Dio and when needed, I'd bring him back on a one-year deal. Next and final guy is going to be Kamoko Toure. Now, this is a guy I have changed my stance on a little bit recently before I was all for just letting him walk. But again, you know, going through the evaluation, seeing how he played, I I think you take a one-year flyer on a speed guy like Kamoko Toure. You definitely take a one-year because it's one of those situations where you don't want to, you know, uh, open the front door for him and then he goes excels somewhere else and has a fully healthy season. You don't want that to happen. Bring him back on a one-year because that speed, I value that speed more than, I guess you could say, maybe Taekwon's versatility. That speed is going to be important for, for the Colts. So bring de- definitely bring Kamoko back. I am going to say keep. Um, I'm going to go a different realm, though. I want to see a multi-year contract for him because I think – when I saw the production on the limited amount of snaps this past year, I think now would be the perfect time to sign him to a three-year deal, in my opinion. Um, get the good value. You might need pay him a little bit more than what you'd pay him on a one-year deal. But if let's say you pay him, you get him on a one-year deal, and when he gets full force as the speed rusher this year, he puts up in that eight to ten sack realm because he goes up a full healthy, isn't being – out snapped by Al-Qadim Muhammad for whatever reason. I just feel like right now would be the best option to get him at a longer-term deal, but I would keep him either way. Um, Dustin, I'm curious to see how much would you spend on a free agent, Andrew? 
Do you still want to pass Russia in free agency, even if you're getting inking Kamoko Ture to a multi-year deal, having Dio and having Quiddy Pay? It just seems like it's kind of crowded. So, I mean, it's that'd be three guys for sure. And then the thing with Dio is he's going to get moved around a little bit. The Leo position opens up a little bit of flexibility with Quiddy most likely going to be doing the Leo position primarily. They might bring in a guy they want there more, and then Quiddy goes back to on the line with his um, hand in the turf. So we'll, we'll see what it means. I mean, I think you can do both because I just think Toure coming back even if you sign him on a very good value three-year deal, he's here for depth for multiple years. And if you do that, you're letting guys like Ben walk, who I think is walking either way. You're letting guys like um, Taekwon Lewis walk probably in that situation. Um, but I just think getting the multi-year deal out of him just makes a lot of sense right now value-wise. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Yeah, let's try to capture a guy, not at its lowest point, but right before it's always good to sign a guy right before he erupts, you know, and has that big year and then you have to pay the big price. Um, I'm keeping to Kamoko just because of sheer potential. I know we've been saying that for the last four years, you know, with the injuries that he suffered, but I'm still I think he's right on the cusp. I really do. I think he's right on the cusp. He he's flashed. We always talk about it. I'm not even about to get into a whole spill because I'm tired of talking about it. I just think if he stays healthy, it happens. No excuses, no uh, preconceived, nothing else extra. He's on the cusp. If he stays healthy, it'll happen. Eight to ten, I think is is easily reachable for him. All right, guys, that is the rundown of our free agents. Definitely a lot of what ifs. There's definitely some uh, interesting conversations, but you saw it all right here on the Blue Stable podcast, guys. Pretty soon, pretty soon, we're going to start giving you some draft content that way. I'm going to start my draft coverage late, and again, I'm going to run laps around Destin like I did last year. It is going to be so easy. It's going to be so fresh. It's going to be like, we're back in April last year. It, it's going to be fun. Uh, and I, I uh, real quick before we leave, Destin, how how was that? Uh, how was the top of the Zach Hill, uh, Zach Wilson Hill for you this past season? How, how was that? Here, he irony, rain, looked, ominous weather. He looked, he looked like a rookie quarterback. He was a rookie quarterback? So he looked like a rookie quarterback this last year for sure. Dang. He definitely looked like a guy that I told you he was, so. Mm. <laughs> Let's not get into this, guys. Scolding hot takes from Mike. Not <laughs> really hot take. Let, give me two more seasons of evaluation, then let's revisit this thing, guys. He is Rashad McGinnis. He is Destin Adams. I am Ma- Michael Pevia. This is the official Colts podcast of Fan guys. If you're not already, subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. That way, you are notified anytime that we drop content for you guys. Make sure you are signed up for email notifications on the Blue Stable website. That way you're notified for all articles. And once again, we are the Blue Stable Podcast. Enjoy next week's Combine Week. The last week that it will be in Indy before it comes to Arlington. That way it's a year-to-year thing to get down there for me. Anyways, guys, see you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.